Well, hello there, my name is Carl and welcome to Rambling Ambos. Coming up on the show, Jen and Ev join me to rate the top five caller statements of the week. In the debrief, we've got a COVID-19 update with a focus on cardiac arrest management, plus how preconceived ideas can help or hinder our practice, and three fun facts that will blow your mind. Later in the clinical corner, it's case review day with each of us bringing a recent case to the table to dissect and hopefully get some answers from. If you want to get involved, like us on Facebook or Instagram and send us a message, but stand by, the debrief is just around the corner. This is Rambling Ambos. Well, we are back. This is Rambling Yay. Ambos. Jen, Ev, how are hey, you both? Carl. Fantastic, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. I'm glad I'm not the only one who's uh, put on a few kgs <laughs> in this isolation. <laughs> uh, what are you trying to say? <laughs> I mean, it's a really nice jump. Yeah. You recognise us. Yeah. <laughs> I, I included myself. We're a bit mm. soft around the edges we are here. It's been a month now since month. since we last recorded. I Over know. a month. Yes, I know. And look, the um, thanks for everyone who's tuned in at home. Uh, we've had a really good response and some good feedback. Hence why we're uh, back for round two. Round so two. Um, Fantastic. How many listeners, Carl? Uh, 300,000. 300,000, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, something like that. What I do just know is that. Just chuck a couple extra O's in. Yeah. Sure, yeah, you know. it's, what's exactly. Well, it's guys, we've, we've gone global. Um, I, I noticed we had one listener in the United States, so um, yeah, right. I'm happy to say that that we've gone global. We are international. Uh, in in the words of Donald Trump, uh, it's the most beautiful podcast. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm an expert in podcasts, and it's uh, it's definitely one of the best. What so, else does he say? Yeah. Billions and billions yeah. and billions of listeners. He's my friend. <laughs> He's my friend. Yes. <laughs> Anyway, but look, guys, uh, it is great to be back and um, to see you both. How are you? Have you been surviving? I have. Look, you know what? I've actually been, I'm still off road, mm. but I'm coming back in two weeks. Woohoo! Yay. Oh, fantastic. Um, but I've been in the uh, public health unit linked with our ambulance service oh. for the past month, which has been really interesting. Busy? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Busy is an understatement, Ev. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. No, it's been really interesting. Um, quite stressful. Yeah, I bet. Mm. Yeah. But, uh, well... Interesting time to get involved in that, but I mean, eye opening at the same time. Mm, I've had a couple of mental breakdowns, but I've (laughs) learned so much. Excellent. (laughs) And actually, interestingly, I thought this was weird is that I sent an email the other day, you know, and it's got my signature at the bottom, and I just thought it wasn't going to go anywhere. Mm. And then, next thing you know, I receive an email Mm. from my manager with my name at the bottom of it that's been sent to the entire sector. And oh, I was like, oh, oh, moving up in the world. <laughs> but I hope that the information I gave is correct. Yes. Uh, you are the source of information. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, it's kind of well, cool. Well, guys, uh, we're going to kick things off um, a little differently today. Uh, we've got a lot to cover in the debrief and later on in the clinical corner. So um, to kick things off, we've got the top five caller statements uh, for you all. And basically, these have been sent in from around the country and indeed the world. Uh <laughs> Because we are global, guys. I'm not too yeah, sure if I mentioned that. that. <laughs> um, so basically, the caller statements appear on the mobile data terminals within ambulances. It's uh, generally a, a one or two line sentence, or sometimes a paragraph that the caller supplies to the to the triple O or uh, emergency operator, and uh, d- displays for the paramedics to. Give them a bit of a heads yeah. up as to what they're going getting into. Mm. Um, so Big heads up sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So what have we got? Well, let's kick it off with number five. Paramedics were dispatched to a 36-year-old female with a caller statement reading, she's vomiting intoxicated on Gatorade. 
No, I didn't know gay marriage was a thing. But um, anyway, don't you get intoxicated on vanilla essences oh, instead? Could I don't well know. be. Could who well is, be. Who is mixing their spirits with Gatorade? <laughs> oh, it's kind of um, contradicting itself. Though. That's what though. happens afterwards. Stay anyway, hydrated. Number four. Uh, call a statement read: thirty-four-year-old male with a two-week history of knee pain. Patient is a medical practice. However, staff. There have told him that he's unable to be seen tonight and the patient has then called an ambulance. Love those ones. Love Does those that just ones. grind really your gears? resilient community we have <laughs> can, here, isn't it? Can you it? feel your yeah, blood fantastic. pressure going up? Like That's when you just turn up with a flat face and you're just going, I, I have no words. Uh, someone's going to be leaving with a second souvenir. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so at number three... I've got an immediate response was initiated by both police and ambulance when a 40-year-old male called triple zero and stated, someone has said a rude word. Oh, gosh. Oh, my God. Oh, they probably called triple zero another hundred times in front yeah. of me because I have a potty mouth. Yeah, I reckon he's bound to hear a few more rude words yeah. once the crews arrive. <laughs> well, look, at number two... Uh, the caller statement this week goes to a 30-year-old male who states he can't rest, the floor is vibrating. And, uh, yeah, that's why we uh, call triple zero or uh, emergency numbers these days. The floor's vibrating. Drugs are bad, Carl. Drugs yeah, are bad. Well, actually, Do not true. take them. That's true. <laughs> what have you got for us, Ev? What's number, number one? one? Number one, paramedics dispatched information. Red, caller believes someone has drugged her lice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Drugged her what? Her lice? Or her iced latte, rather. Uh, yesterday at 15.35. Can't describe why she thinks she's been drugged. Ah, so uh, that's the thing now, getting drugged at your local <laughs> coffee shop. Where is this coffee shop? What is the address? First How do it was I get nightclubs, it? now uh, your local, <laughs> you know. That's it. Well, coffee shops are still open and nightclubs are closed, oh, so you've got to get it from somewhere. Barista's are bored, <laughs> yeah. looking for stuff to do. Cheap yeah. Yeah. Oh, dear. Well, oh. look, let's jump into the debrief. And uh, this time on our last uh, episode, we're talking about COVID, how it was just starting to spike up a bit and... We're talking about, oh, they might do a drive-through testing. Mm. I think we uh, had no idea what we were in for. Pre-isolation as well. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's nice that we've come out the other, well, I guess we're not out of it completely yet. Slowly. Completely. Easing up on the restrictions. But this is so exciting. I can sit in the same room as you guys. At a very safe distance though. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Very far away. I can't reach either of you. (laughs) (laughs) But Mm. um, it's just crazy to see. I mean, I think we've been so fortunate here in... uh, Australia, um, that, you know, we just haven't seen the the cases and, and the death like they have in uh, other countries. I know. I you feel know? like we were... So my partner said this, which really resonated with me. Um, but he said something he's read somewhere that basically people might look back at this and go, we overreacted. Mm. But if we think that, then it's probably a sign that what we did worked. Yeah. Mm. And you look know? at the countries that are underreacting. Well, exactly. There's literally almost only overreact or underreact. Like yeah. what is the appropriate level of react, yeah. you know, that we can see from the stats? Like I think that's a, yeah, it's an interesting concept. Well, yeah. I don't know if this is true, but um, a friend of mine who has just returned from working in the UK um, said that they are no longer working uh, unwitnessed cardiac arrests. Mm, it only has to be a witnessed arrest for them to start, you know, resus. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, scary. Yeah, like uh, at what point do you draw the line and, you, you know, you hear someone collapse? I mean, oh, I guess that's somewhat witnessed. But, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's different. interesting though, like it's scary. But it was more for the emergency service workers, yeah. like the paramedics who are witnessing oh, yeah. that uh, cardiac arrest happening, that they're working on those patients. Mm. And I've heard those rumours as well. Mm. Um, when you look at survival rates, uh, yeah, it's probably... Mm. Probably a safe bet not mm. to work those. Do you know what the stats too. are 
globally currently? At the moment, yeah, mm-hmm. with the uh, COVID cases, so confirmed cases, we have 3,272,200 uh, <laughs> roughly. <Yeah. laughs> and specifically, <laughs> yeah. And uh, give it a minute and there's another one. Yeah, so we've got, uh, yeah, 3 million. Yeah. Um, 200,000 wow. people that are infected worldwide wow. in terms of the deaths, uh, 230,000 mm. and that is worldwide as well. So it looks like uh, Europe is still the leader um, mm. in confirmed cases. A leader on Follow- the tally board you don't want to be winning. Yeah. No, not really. No, followed yeah. by America who is, oh, no. yeah, is chasing just- very closely. That just I, doesn't make sense. America, there, let's, okay, let's just take a moment <laughs> here, here yeah. to talk about America. Well, hang on a second. We do have one listener in the US, so we okay. really don't want to upset no, them. No, but. <laughs> but if you are a Trump supporter, I have significant questions for oh, you, my yeah. friend. Be careful, one listener. Yeah. Yes. Okay, please survive. We need you. <laughs> but what's the go with the – did you guys actually see that video of Trump – um, doing his announcement mm. and, and going, you know, we, we're going to test if you can get the UV light inside the body yeah. and, um, you know, we're going to test if, if we can get disinfectant yes. inside yes. the body. And I'm just sitting there like this is this is a clown on a global stage it's, who yeah. surely – have you guys seen that movie? Um, I think it's Bruce Almighty where the, yep. the um, telescript is like completely made up of different words. Like I feel like someone did that as a joke to Trump <laughs> but I know that that's not if the case. it was a joke. I like know. trying to come up with an idea that – was really going to sell it to the medical, po- but I'm not a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can see his medical advisors in the background yeah. just cringing hard, I just know. and trying to. They're probably so used to doing it, they're trying to keep a straight face as well. And you just go, yeah, I, I would not want to be that the, person. The protests though. over there as well. I mean, it's they're just, pretty full on. I know, it, and uh, I don't you know. can have your it's, freedom, but it comes at a cost. Yeah, yeah. it's been, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it will, and that's what it is. Some uh, of the some of the videos I've seen, I think of those protests, you know, and there's real. Um, like animosity and, and hostility hostility towards the nurses and things that are mm. there kind of, um, I guess, going against the protest. Yeah. And it's just, it's a really, it's a really interesting divide between society, I think. Like mm. we want these healthcare workers to help us, but at the same time, this some of the American yeah. population is really against mm. them. It's really peculiar. But you can see the double-edged sword of it too, though. I mean, like you're, you're, you're young, you've got a young family, you might not be that clever and know much about health, but you know, if you lost your income and you're potentially going to lose your home, you're not going to be able to fend for your family. Mm. I like it's, and I guess, you know, they just don't have the, the uh, support in terms of social welfare yeah. like we and do their, here. their medical system and things. It's mm. interesting as well, I think, like with, with the public health thing, there's something I've learnt which is that some countries are very, um, they're sort of an individualist approach whereas others are a collectivist approach and mm. it's about how much someone values community and family versus independence and freedom. Mm. And Australia, America, Canada, a lot of those and, you know, some of the Commonwealth countries are way more individualist and very much value yeah. that concept of freedom yeah. whereas perhaps some more european countries or, or latin american countries they're way more collectivist so yeah. they, they really value community and family and that's translated across in in messaging in the public as well so mm. like for us like they say keep the community safe but mm. really you, people are quite selfish in our country yeah. Oh, yeah. whereas overseas some countries are like well, keep your community are, safe yeah. and and they really feel that personal responsibility yeah mm. it's yeah well, people are selfish Worldwide, individuals yeah. are selfish, aren't they? But um, yeah, absolutely. And I think that the medical staff, paramedics, doctors, nurses who are uh, stopping these protests from happening, good on you. Keep yeah. fighting the good fight. Yeah. Um, we understand it. Obviously, mm. not everybody does. Mm. Um, PPE and body armor. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that's a scary. But part. anyway, but um, be, talking yeah. about stats, um, mm. just quickly, how are we going? 
yeah. on the Australian front. Well, yeah. in Australia, New South Wales is top of the charts at 3,035 positive cases as of today. Uh, Victoria and Queensland are pretty close. So 1,384 for Victoria, 1,035 for Queensland. Mm. And bottom of the list, which I'm so intrigued by, Northern Territory only has 29 cases. Yeah, right. Very minimal. A lot yeah. of space up there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, how many people live there? It's pretty small, isn't it? Oh, I, I couldn't believe it, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, next question. I should not have Are you talking that. about Darwin's very I, small or Northern Territory? I was, I was literally looking at you going, you have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, so we're laughing, guys. someone could be Googling. But anyway, uh, still <laughs> staying closer to home. I mean, uh, I'm not too sure about you guys, but recently I've um, been involved in a, a cardiac arrest with these new precautions in place and... Uh, Gosh, it uh, it's tricky, and um, you know, even attending the job, gowning up. One of us gowned up on the way to it. Yep. Uh, the driver obviously couldn't. Yep. Um, I learned from the week before: don't gown up after you've put your seatbelt on. <laughs> oh, you didn't. <laughs> you didn't. <laughs> Thankfully, though, that didn't result in an arrest. Yeah. Uh, it was a, just a trapped paramedic. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, anyway, um, half ripped the the gear. <laughs> Look. Uh, the patient wasn't uh, arresting. It was just something minor, very minor. I hope but, every um, every one of our listeners has faith in our yeah, emergency yeah. services intelligence well, levels. Nothing on the um, you professional, know, did the you new say? information of how to gown up in. Anyway, moving right along. <laughs> um, it was tricky, and and it kind of stumped us. We we got into the room. It was a witnessed arrest, and. Um, you know, we're just drilled in to get onto the chest and, and start doing CPR, you know, defib and, and compressions are the most important thing. But mm. uh, in that case, it was, well, all right, um, hang on a second, let's just get a, an, an LMA in for this patient with a bacterial filter, um, protect the airway and protect us. And then whilst I was doing that, um, my partner was able to pop the pads on and it was a, a shockable rhythm. Mm. And um, yeah, so all in all, it wasn't a massive um, delay in time mm-hmm. um, and yeah it's just a, a really kind of stumped us and, and it's you're right it is a game changer mm. this is you know I, I feel like within our service it has mm. certainly come up to speed with a few different other services mm. of how they're running mm. especially cardiac arrest mm. and they're prioritizing airway you must cover that airway before mm. you start yeah. any intervention especially CPR yeah. or else you're going to end up possibly with whatever's in their airway yeah mm. so that has to be the priority and you know uh, different ambulance services are now you know standing behind their paramedics saying yes this is the practice that we want you to do yeah. uh, I heard an interesting saying the other day of uh, there are no emergencies in a pandemic yeah unless you want to become a statistic yeah then that's you true. have to look after number one more than ever. Well, that's, and that's it. I mean, I'm thankful that we've had like previous jobs, like going to a child with uh, severe asthma and having to be like, wait, I just got to put this gown on and gloves and, yeah. and mask it, first. Yeah. So I think doing those kind of jobs helped for this one because it's a much more, you know, more life threatening, much more mm. serious. But mm. I think it's interesting though. It's mm. definitely a mental shift because I think that inherently as paramedics, I'm sure that we, we go to a case and, and for example, an arrest or, or a child with life-threatening one. asthma, yeah. straight away your first thought is, uh, you know, I need to perform this intervention now yeah. or I need to do this now. And and we sometimes, I think, put our safety at risk. Mm. But it's nice to see that shift in paramedic mm. mentality, I think, yeah. in terms of going – this is a really serious pandemic and we know what it can do to society. But all of a sudden going, no, I am going to protect myself first yeah. and and I am still going to try and provide the best clinical care that I can. Mm. But, you know, if that means putting in an LMA with a bacterial filter first for everyone's safety mm. yeah. whilst not necessarily compromising 
the outcome, then great. We should do that all the time. Like, we, you know, I just think Absolutely. it's, yeah. So we'll change future practice. I think you'll find from this. Wonder. It'll be interesting to see what yeah. happens afterwards. Absolutely. Um, it will be interesting after this all kind of Cause it makes me wonder what we were doing before. Like we'll just head back to our normal ways in a couple yeah. of year time, years time. Well, I mean, we're still trying to catch up now. I mean, I'm as an intensive care bar- uh, paramedic backing up other crews and sometimes have to remind them that mm. you need to cover up because mm. they are getting a little bit of tunnel vision where they have to jump in and start treating. So, so talk me through just really quickly because obviously I've been working in the – and I'm working in infection control at the moment. So you've been so, missing all this. Yeah. yeah. So I haven't actually – I haven't been on road with this whole um, PPE thing, but I've been behind the scenes yep. uh, providing advice on PPE and providing on advice on when to use it, how to use it, what's appropriate, which level should you use for yeah. which situation. So I'm kind of in the know, but um, – from being on road, what are your oh. what are your experiences in terms of the the perception of PPE? Are people I, more accepting of it? Are I people just resentful? Think we are so fortunate that we have PPE, and you know <laughs> yeah. what? We're complaining. Yeah. You know, all oh, the goggles are fogging up whilst we're doing compressions here. Well, look, anything's going to fog up whilst you're going to be doing compressions. I just think um, you know we are so lucky that that we we have this PPE and that it is protecting us. I think we've got uh, a really low if I think what well really low case of transmission to, to paramedics and yeah. compared to other countries out mm. there. So we're so fortunate. It's and because people are following the rules. Yeah. They're isolating and yeah. they're doing the right thing and, you know, looking after themselves and their families. And because yeah. that, I think that might actually lead us into a false sense of security a little bit yeah, because absolutely. of that. And yeah. our infection rates are so low that you go, oh, yeah. Mm. I mean, you still take all your precautions. You're asking your questions before you enter the room mm. to see if they've got respiratory symptoms, whether they've been overseas, etc. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's still a false sense of security of, you know, you've got to take patients at their word, but at the same time, you've got to err on the side of caution and go, really? Oh, well, Are you sure? <laughs> you Do patients lie? <laughs> and then, you know, after all your questions, you know, as you get there, whilst you're in this, in the house, in the ambulance, it's like, oh. Yeah, actually, I do have a sore throat, and you just I've like, or worse, they start yeah. coughing, oh, yeah. which has happened to me. And <laughs> I'm like, well, you. yep, now we're no uh, longer friends. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you found anyone has been um, kind of going into cases with tunnel vision at all? Like, do you think? Yeah. That- and and what I mentioned before, it's those sicker patients. Uh, we had one recently with a patient who was unconscious, and the treating paramedic was standing over the top of the patient doing some jaw thrust, doing a great <laughs> job. <laughs> but I had to remind him, hey, you're not even wearing a mask. Yeah, right. You know, the patient's breathing up straight into your face. You might as well go <laughs> down there and give him a well, kiss. Jen, not sure what that. Uh, uh, <laughs> is that not common practice? Oh, <laughs> no, we scratched that since you've been yeah, away. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so you do have to remind people, you just got to, well, you got to err on the side of caution. Yeah. You got to wear it every time. You know, yeah. you just don't want this disease. Well, look, I mean, that ties in well with our, our next topic that we're going to discuss. I mean, there's so much we could talk about COVID, but I think everyone gets a little bit over it after mm. oh, after a while. Absolutely. But, um, you know, going into jobs uh, with a preconceived idea, uh, I don't know about you guys, but, you know, recently it kind of, I think I fell into that trap and I'm sure I really hope everyone else has fallen into that trap at some stage. So I'm not hanging Never myself out to dry. Never, I'm the perfect No. <laughs> Every time. But, um, you know, it, it's, it's an issue that kind of, you know, sprouts its head. What's the kind of terminology I'm after? Raises its head. Raises its head. Yeah, raises its head. Raises its ugly head. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Every now and then. And it's, you know, it, it was a job that didn't have a bad outcome, but, you know, it certainly had the potential to be because, you know, it's the end of shift. Mm. You're, mm. you're tired. You haven't got any other breaks and you know your other crews yeah. have got both their breaks and they're all on at station, <laughs> but because you're the closest one there, you yeah. got it. Absolute stitch up. Yeah. And you're walking into, uh, unfortunately, public housing and 
you're going to a unit which you think is a, a very much a regular caller. And so you're just thinking, oh, all right, this is going to be easy. Up you get yeah. into the car. Yeah. And, um, and yeah. It, it, it's it, easy to become complacent, especially at the end of a shift. How like do we said. avoid it? I mean, uh, how do we avoid it when, <laughs> unless these jobs kind of don't happen? Because I feel like. <laughs> it's such, a, oh, it's such oh. a tough situation. I've totally done. I, I worked with a partner and I've totally done the same thing in terms of turned up to some public housing and this woman was complaining of three-day abdo pain and she's got a little um, her mobility scooter thing and she's she's like in her 50s or something. And I'm mm. like, I just am not having a bar of this, right? You've had abdo pain for three days. Why haven't you been your GP? Waste of time, you know. Yeah. And um, we encouraged her to walk from her mobility oh. scooter to the ambulance. Yeah. Which was not, not too far. Like I'd say three-meter walk max. Mm. Um, and she got in the car and I was already sitting in the driver's seat. I was like, waste of time. Uh, and my partner was like, oh, she's, uh, she's tachycardic. She's, uh, she's tachypneic and, uh, she's hypotensive. And I was like, hmm. Great. Guess it's not a, not a false call then. Turns out she had a, um, ruptured bowel. Oh gosh. And I was like, well, that serves me right for, um, Like we, we still provided all the necessary interventions, yeah. you know, but it was just interesting that first perception going, yes. oh, this is such a waste of my time. And yeah. then, you know, I think we've that, all been caught out at some yeah, point. Yeah, I really, I like to think that I've learned from that, yeah. but I definitely am probably still guilty of Well, that's the thing. I mean, my patient deteriorated in hospital, thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> and I not mean, with us. terribly, but not <laughs> in I our mean, And there was nothing really that we could have done to, to, to change anything. We did, mm. we did follow all the right uh, procedures, but it was... You know, yeah, look, let's walk to the car and um, all right, on the stretcher because you're not going to be able to get up the steps. So we'll just get the stretcher out of it. Just, it'll make it quicker for us. Uh, yeah. Um, and, and it's such a good eye opener though because it's without those kind of jobs, you just, I don't know. You need, you need, I think sometimes, and it's such a bad thing and it should never be at the it's expense of a feeling. patient outcome, but yeah. you almost need to make those mistakes to yeah. be able to learn and go, ooh. I, I need to not do that again. I need yeah. to not, you know, kind of yeah. put someone in a box. And we, yeah, exactly. We had a very similar job the next day, but it was at a really nice mega mansion. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, all right, well, thank you for the job yesterday. We're going to treat this properly. But yeah, well, and you learn from it. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What it's, are your uh, thoughts, though? I oh, hate to one up you, but I walked <laughs> a patient in and five minutes later they arrested. Ah, oh, textbook, classic. So, un, un, yeah. uh, Locked on the diagnosed triple A. Oh. No, just a simple lower back pain oh, uh, and a non-English speaking gentleman yeah. um, who really didn't give us much to work with. All his numbers were looking good. Everything was yeah. fine. Walked oh, in, sat him down and next minute it was oh. on. Oh. I guess that's a really challenging case though <laughs> that because like, I mean, I wouldn't put most people with lower back pain who can walk and maybe whose obs are otherwise not too much out of the flags. You know, I wouldn't put them on the stretcher either. So oh, that's a I funny would. one Definitely. because every oh, everyone, Carl. yep, everyone gets a stretcher for me. In fact, you know what? I don't know. But what I you think d- that that's <laughs> it. I mean, that's one of those cases that just goes balls up, and you can't do anything Very about sudden. it. Yeah. But I mm. guess it's it less so due to yeah hindsight. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and and oddly enough, during that whole shift, everyone was actually sick prior to that gentleman. Yeah. Like these were all your. We did a cardiac arrest. We did uh, you know an altered um, conscious. Uh, L-O-C. L-O-C, brother. Yeah, gotcha. Um, stroke and everything, <laughs> yeah. drug overdoses and yeah. all that. This yeah. was the, the easy slow, one. <laughs> cold response, yeah. you know, Jeez. non-traumatic back uh. pain. And then, yeah, that went tits up real quick. Oh. <laughs> Guys, before we wrap up the um, the debrief and head into the uh, clinical corner, any fun facts of the week? 
So this Funny is facts. <laughs> this is this no, is a random one. On okay. But I um I learnt this. This is weird. Did you know that you breathe predominantly through one nostril for like three to six hours and then it swaps to the other nostril? No. <laughs> and it's because you – I looked it up. It's because like what? there's more edema and blood flow to one nostril so it kind of limits your airflow in one nostril so then you breathe more I through the other one more, and it swaps. Legit, I have always wanted that because especially when I'm sleeping, I'm like – Yep, yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah, You've that one's a Let's just hopefully this uh, – Right. So what Next it takes that amount of time up. for what the swelling and or de- yeah, edema yeah. just to so settle. It's like, it's like the yeah. nasal cycles or something. I'm going to get all of this wrong. Google it, please. Yeah, but, nasal but, cycles. But yeah, nasal cycles. But it is. It's, and yeah. and they don't quite know. I think it's one of those things they don't quite know like why specifically. But you can you can look into what the benefits of that might mm. be. So mm. it helps like with the filtration because the filaments in your nose. I'm getting this so yeah, wrong. Right, <laughs> right, right. Agent. But, We're going to check this later. I mean, it sounds like a very clever word. Yes. Yes. Any fun facts, mate? I oh, you've got me, Cal. Um, fun facts. Uh, I know. I just uh, uh, yeah, um, yeah. Patients under two uh, don't experience nausea. Uh, they just vomit on you. <laughs> no, okay, <laughs> that's not a fact. That's just a anecdote. you know what? Uh, yeah, I've had my. I had Is it my just first, me? Uh, they just do that. Projectile vomiting yeah. in the ambulance the other day. Oh. But, um, Did they give you a warning? No, <laughs> but apparently someone smelled. Someone said they smelt vomiting. I'm like, how the hell? Smelt vomity. I think it's like a parent thing. I don't know, Ev, is it? Uh, yeah. The child uh, smells vomiting. Vomity. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> my, my fun fact for the week, um, yeah, yeah. the bat phone. So we all know what a bat phone is. It's yeah. the device that you use to call ahead with your sick patients. Mm. Um, what's it, why is it called bat phone, guys? And Does no, it have anything to do with Batman? No. Oh, Ever, what? I, I, I thought so too. I and thought the, it was the like cave, a, You know, the phone yeah. rings in the Batcave. But that to me doesn't make sense because then, you know, Batman, the phone rings in the Batcave for Batman to go out and do the job. The job doesn't come to the Batcave, right? Um, You're so testing thought, my knowledge of Had to rule that one out. And my, um, my partner actually asked me, why do we call it Batphone? I'm like, oh, because of Batman. But no, do apparently you know, it just means. I'm, I'm thinking back to the, the TV series of Batman with Adam West. Oh, Didn't the, the mayor actually have a phone that was directly to... Oh, uh, yeah. You've, I think that's I'm where it actually comes from. But the bat phone yes. for the hospital setting mm. is bypass at triage. I had did not know that. Bypass at triage. Bat phone. Bypass that triage. Let's go straight to resource. There you go. Yeah. Fun fact of the day. So Batman doesn't come into this. I no. way prefer the Batman theory. I do too. But look. Can we get the triage nurse in a Batman outfit? <laughs> <laughs> They've decorated the phones. I think that's <laughs> We've got to be professional. It's big ask. But uh, big look, ask. we'll be right back after this short commercial break for the clinical corner. To keep us all safe and to help our health workers... It's vital to know quickly if you've come in contact with someone who has tested positive for coronavirus. It's why we've introduced the COVIDSAFE app. With your privacy protected by law, COVIDSAFE keeps a secure note of other users you've been near if you have to go out. So if they test positive for coronavirus, you'll be notified. It'll help us stop the spread sooner so we can get back to the things we love. Download COVIDSAFE today. Authorised by the Chief Medical Officer, Canberra. Well, welcome back. This is The Clinical Corner and today we're doing a cases review. So uh, we've all done a case recently which we're wanting to put to each other and to you guys to uh, dissect and uh, ask some questions about it. So um, Jen, you're kicking us off. Yeah. So this is one I did a little while ago, um, but it's one of those 3am jobs, Hmm. 50-year-old female, uh, short of breath. 
and you know how we get the caller statements as we discussed before. Yep. Um, normally a lot of the time people babble on, there's all of this information that comes through that I don't care about. Mm. Uh, and this one, the caller statement was can't breathe. And that yeah. was it. There was no other information and that was it. And mm-hmm. I just oh, straight away to me, a little breathe. bit of a, no, <laughs> no, I had a funny feeling about ah. this one. This one was one of those ones where I was like, oh, there's something about that. It's that, not I'm struggling to breathe. It's no, just I can't yeah, breathe. Yeah, Caller says that she has a history of, you know, this, that and the other and yeah, can't, it yeah. was just can't breathe. So I was right. like, okay, okay, cool. So we're going, uh, lights and sirens arrive, 3 a.m. Anyway, so it's this woman, she's 50, or 50 years old, sitting at her kitchen bench um, and she's clearly struggling for breath, right? They're really <laughs> kind of breathing. Hmm. Um, go up and, and, and try to have a chat with her and it's, it's pretty short, sort of short sentences, almost words only. Um, and basically her sort of statement was just, I just woke up and, and I can't breathe. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. And unfortunately this woman was a really poor historian, right? So I'm yeah. really trying to get my investigative hat on mm. and I'm just struggling. So she, you know, I'm asking how long has this been going for or have you had this before? And she's just not giving me anything. The mm-hmm. only information she gave me is that, um, oh, her chest had been really crap recently mm-hmm. and she can't breathe. And that is all I had. Okay. So what are your first impressions? Yeah. Hang on. So she's just woken up, Mm -hmm. can't breathe. Mm -hmm. Was she like crackly when you walked in, thinking APO? Not not at face value. No. It was just that really like resping, I don't know, ballpark 40 years. Exacerbation of COPD, Mm -hmm. those kind of things. Mm. If she's a poor historian. Yeah. I'm thinking unwell, like significantly mm. unwell straight mm-hmm. off the bat the oh, fact that she's not so many bases <laughs> <laughs> sick sick yeah. Yeah. put it that yeah. way yeah, yeah sick sick as in like she's so distracted she can't give you the history mm. yeah mm. she went to bed feeling well or ish. well-ish she sort of said her chest had been crap yeah. yeah at some ungodly Three. hour and can't yeah. breathe yeah okay. i'm thinking big Numbers? ticket oh, yeah so so this woman's a bit overweight as well mm. and um and to be honest actually i got quite frustrated with her Sure. Um, because she wasn't giving me answers. I'm like, I'm trying to find out more information and you're not giving me anything. Quit dying and help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. How dare you not help me? Yep. Um, no, but also I was working with a, a trainee and this was reasonably early on in my career as a qualified paramedic as well. So right. I think there's definitely a little bit of um, maybe mm. I hadn't seen everything yet. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of moment. So one of the first things I did was listen to a chest. Mm. Good. No air injury. Uh, she's febrile at 38.5. She's resting around 40 and her blood pressure is around 160. Uh, it was systolic. I can't remember diastolic, sorry. Her heart rate, a little bit tacky, just borderline, like 102, 103. Mm. Um, and she gives me a piece of paper on the table that has her medical history and her medications, right? And she's on everything. She has everything, right? So she yep. has a history of asthma. She has a history of like heart problems. She right, has a history of, you know, gout. She's got a history of like stomach problems. She's got everything. She's on every medication under the sun. And right. I'm like, oh, what a nightmare. Yeah. Right. So with no, those numbers in mind, what do you think? Oh, no air entry. Yeah. Little. You said she's a little bit on the hypertensive side. Mm-hmm. She's tachycardic, tachypneic, mm-hmm. febrile. 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 COVID. <laughs> this is pre-COVID. Pre-COVID, sorry. Yeah, you could do well in this day and age. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, right. Oh, gosh. I mean, uh, uh, sats. You said that she was quite unwell beforehand with a rattly chest. No, so she just, right. all she had said was my chest is crap. Right. That's yeah. all I got from her. Okay. No other information. She couldn't explain it to me. That was it. Um, and what did you Sats? say? Sats. They, I think they were borderline low. They're sort of like 91, 92. Oh, okay. Not awful. Mm. Right. 
Um, yeah, give me, give me um, a quick differential. Oh, what wow. would be your first line of treatment? What would you go? First line of treatment? As in, what would you... Oxygen. Di- no, no, no. But what would you die? What would you think that this diagnosis might be to be going along that line of treatment? It's, uh, yeah, that's a complex one. Um, and she's got minimal chest air movement. Well, uh, it's a reactive airway. Could you justify giving adrenaline? Yeah, it still could justify... And there's no... There's, there are ways. Extremis. No, there's no, no. air entry. There's no noise. Well, the no sats, well, if the sats are like what low nineties, mm. um, it's concerning, but not urgent. Urgent. Mm-mm. Yes, is she tripoding her position? Like oh, she, she was sitting and, and sort of bending over the kitchen table, but not like your typical tripod. Mm. Okay. Um, look, I mean, there's nothing really standing out as saying critical time urgent. Is there? I mean, yeah. like, yes, she is sick. Oh, actually, she's tacky. Tacky. She's tacky. She's very. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At this point in time, pretty sick. And we're yeah. just going to yeah. cut and rewind it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, look, but um, I'm, I'm thinking LAC. it's gonna it's gonna be something that's not related to sugars. Okay, yeah, temperature. Yeah, like I'm thinking if she had a chest infection beforehand mm. and she's got this temperature, if it's something that's been going on for a long time, mm-hmm. uh, pleural effusion mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. like that, but oh, it doesn't yeah. really explain why Give us more decreased gen. air entry. <laughs> um, PE would be up there of suspicion. Yeah, you'd have to do some ECG work to work that out. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, spontaneous pneumothorax. Yeah, um, but you said on both sides yep. decreased air entry. Yeah. I'd still be treating yeah. it as an asthma okay. style job. So yeah. my thinking when I did this job was it's 3 a.m. She's got a blood pressure of 160. Oh, She's um, got increased rest rate. Mm. And oh, I didn't mention this before, but I think she had a history of um, heart failure or CCF or something like that. I can't yeah. quite remember. Okay. Yeah. So, and yeah. so initially my first thought was, um, look, I'm I'm unsure, but I want to go with APO. Yep. Right? Because I was like, oh, the timing and the blood pressure and, and this and that. So I've said to this woman, I said, look, I, I think this is, you know, pulmonary edema and I'd like to give you um, GTN. Mm, right. And she goes, nah, no way, absolutely not. And I'm yeah. like, why, what's, you know, what's the problem? She goes, I'm allergic to GTN. Last time I had GTN, it put me into heart failure. And for me... I was like, that's impossible because GTN treats heart failure. How is that? Who's already got heart failure? Like, yeah, I can't quite remember, but she was like, no, it puts me into heart failure. I can't have it. And I just couldn't compute. I was like, that doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Especially at 3 Yeah, yeah, but at the same time, I'm not going to force you to have GTN when when you don't want it. So I'm like, okay, well, what's my next step? And I thought febrile, maybe it's pneumonia um, or, you know, there's no air entry and she has a history of asthma. Maybe it's asthma. You know, maybe this is actually really bad. Okay, mm. so I don't want to give you GTN. I now want to give you adrenaline. Yeah. No, so what I actually did, and this is something that I've learned from, what I actually did was give this woman sub, um, nebulized subutamol. Okay. Okay, because I thought in my – this was my thinking at the time was that uh, surely it can't do that much harm. Uh, if it is asthma, it'll open up the airways yeah. and, and allow her to breathe. More of a clue of what you're dealing with. Yeah. If you can hear what's happening in the lungs. Yeah, as well. yeah. yeah. So, so that was my line of treatment. Okay. So I gave yeah. her some uh, nebulized subutamol. Yep. And we get her into basically we faff around. She's got a pug. She's screaming at me to shut the door and this and that and get the mm. dog food out. And it was all a little bit chaotic. And um, we get her into the ambulance. And by the time that she's on the stretcher in the back of the ambulance, her sats are now 84. Mm. She's not speaking at all. Her heart rate is now 115 mm. um, and the subutamol has just not helped at all. Mm. And I've gone, right, so I don't think it's asthma because she's deteriorating and I'm back to thinking. So she's going to respiratory failure. Yeah, so I, so I was back to thinking 
that this is potentially APO again, but she refuses my GTN and I've got nothing in my arsenal to be able to treat this woman with. So mm. I reverted to um, bagging her basically mm. yeah. um, and asked for ICP backup. Yeah. So in my head I was going, oh, you know, potentially they can give frusamide, mm. which I don't have and then mm. maybe that'll, you know, come yeah. allow us to come over this problem of the GTN. And um, Do you remember if she was actually on Lasix in her medication? Oh, I can't remember. Can't remember. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, but yeah, so in the end we got, um, the IC in the car, he gave frusamide. We still didn't give GTN. She came up with a STEMI. So we transmitted uh, that. Okay. And then, cool. cause I hadn't done the ECD yeah, at the time. Of course. And then, oh well, no, cause she wasn't STEMI previously. Yeah. Because I'd, I'd seen her heart rate at 102. Yeah, and I, yeah, there was yeah. no mention of STEMI. So then we've transmitted that to the, um, you know, cardiac hospital and we've driven straight there. And what's happened with this woman is by the time we get to Risa, she's pink frothing at the mouth. Mm. Um, she is just completely not talking at all and yeah, she is so unwell. And yeah. they took her into Risa. And I found out this information afterwards actually is that they – she was basically screaming to be tubed. She's like, I can't breathe. Yeah. And um, they're like, no, nah, we're not tubing you here. Oh, You're too high risk. Yeah. Oh. And so they moved her into ICU. Uh, two hours later, they tubed her and she arrested. Oh. I got a thank you letter from this job. Oh. From this woman a year later who wrote me like a full wow. two-page letter yeah. saying thank you for coming to me that day. I've been in ICU. I've had kidney failure. I've been on ECMO. Kidney failure. How? So was it MI or what was the... No, um, it was APO. It was, oh, APO. It was APO. I think that the STEMI ended wow. up being um, a byproduct of the okay. respiratory failure. Like right. I think it was just well, the heart under stress as opposed yeah. to uh, mm -hmm. that being the actual cause of it. Wow. But she, once she arrested, she just went through such a period of... Um, rehab that mm. you know I, I honestly I thought she was dead I was yeah. like alright mm. that, that woman's mm. died and we'll leave that behind us well, that's you nice know? that you got a thank you letter but yeah. I know it was incredible that's but I really nice. I, that's something that I learned from that job that I think was so important was sometimes when you're not sure mm. don't just opt for a different treatment Mm. If, if you're not confident in what you're doing, you know, if mm. I had just given her oxygen, that yeah. would have been okay. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't true. have to give Sabunamol and I ended mm. up making her worse. Yeah. Um, As we say, when in doubt, don't. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And I eventually think that your patient will give you the answers of what yeah. you need to do for them. Yeah, it was such know, a turning point. Well, if they arrest, yeah, then you know what to do. That's well, exactly. a bit easier, isn't it? Yeah, so that was That's one that stumped me. That's quite interesting. Anyone else? We have a little X factor of the febrile. Yeah. Um, yeah, that threw yeah. me. Well, Aspect yeah, and that's what I mean is my three my three differentials were kind of APO, asthma or pneumonia and I just had to figure out which one fit which the best and they didn't fit any of them properly mm. and it really, really was really challenging. Yeah, really. yeah hard job. Well done. Thank well, you. I got a, a, just a little short one. Another, yeah. well. Hit us. So uh, this is more just a question really for you guys and to people listening but uh, recently went to a 90-year-old male um, and the caller statement was, I uh, can't stop peeing. So urinary incontinence. <laughs> so we're thinking, oh, it was the lowest of the um, low acuity, right? Yeah. We get there. Uh, he lives up in the sticks. Um, massive like uh, staircase up there. Anyway, we get up into his room and he's sitting on this bed. Uh, he's a GCS 15, very much alert and orientated, but resting up at 40. Mm. Um, all his other vital signs are okay. So heart rate was in a paced rhythm around 85. Um, sats 90, 96, um, uh, temperature was fine. Uh, look, we saw the respirator. We we're thinking, all right, we'll just don our PPE for COVID because it's been within mm. this time. Um, but my question is blood pressure was also fine. Uh, 
Oh, actually, no. Blood pressure was 180 on 112. Mm -hmm. Um, But he hasn't been taking his antihypertensives. Mm -hmm. So my question, um, no no, um, urine, smell, odour, but could well be, uh, I guess, a UTI. But with a respirate of 40, would you be expecting this patient to be compensating in any other way in terms of quite tachycardic? Um, I just found like a respirate of 40... Chest sounds were clear, uh, mm. equal entry. So you're almost in a respirator of 40 in isolation is yeah, quite yeah. unusual. And, and that's literally what it was. It was the respirator of 40 and the fact that he just kept on on peeing. That's bizarre. Mm. It's, yeah. I, I look at it as two different issues going yeah. on there. The is biggest one's going to be the breathing up. Yeah. Because obviously mm. that's that's outside. But, the but then when, you, when, I, when I talked to him, he was able to talk to me in full sentences. See, is there an anxiety so or a mental health it, background is this, to that? Is this no. pain related? Like he had no, urinary no pain, retention? No pain. I felt his abdose, yeah. often non-distended. Um, yeah, it was literally... So the not peeing aspect, is that because he of was a prostate passing issue urine. where he, he was just has... passing urine. He just couldn't control it. He's like, oh, I need to pee, I need to pee, I need to pee. So not too unusual for a 90-year-old man, yeah. possibly. Yeah. I don't know. I think sometimes that, to me, that's a massive... Um, is it a not a red flag, but I kind of go, if someone can talk to me in full sentences yeah. and and... When they're distracted, their breathing settles. Yeah. Then maybe this is a little bit naive of me, but I go, that's not the, the it's almost hyperventilating. That's not the problem then. He, he I had what appeared it. to be mottled skin on his legs. However, I think it was actually just, well, it was just poor lighting and he'd had that discoloration in his thighs for, for some time. Yeah. Um, well, the, the, the baseline here is he's severe hypertension. Mm. He's got a mm. lot of excess stress mm. on his cardiovascular and respiratory yeah, that's system. True. So to compensate for that, I'm not sure if that's specifically a mechanism that you'd expect to find. Mm. Um, I would say no, but I wouldn't be surprised if someone's respirate was up. But to be at 40? Yeah. Yeah, that yep. I find that quite remarkable. I know. It had me stumped. I'm thinking, oh, would sepsis, um, you would normally see another form of shock, right? I mean, you'd have a, a you'd only You'd have other indicators. things out yeah. if you were going to have sepsis. But then I thought, oh, yeah. is the paced rhythm, is that part of it? If oh, paced rhythms a, will get you. If you didn't have a pacemaker, mm. would mm. his heart rate be much higher if he didn't mm. need a pacemaker in the well, first place? Well, it depends on the pacemaker. What's it doing? Is it a constantly yeah. firing yeah, it, it or is was it a constant. Mm. It was a constant. But yeah, that's unusual. So what happened? Uh, I don't know, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned. Look, we bat phoned him and took him up because we weren't too sure and we were applying our COVID, so it could well be COVID. Mm. Uh, I don't think so. He was mm. very much isolating, couldn't get around. But, um, yeah, just thought it was quite interesting. interesting. Yeah. See yeah. if you can follow that up and mm. see if we can find out. I'll get back to you next episode. Right. How about you, Ev? Um, yeah, so the interesting case that we had the other day, just a little bit of a corker, um, couldn't mm. make heads or tails of it. Um, yeah, so 64-year-old male unconscious, and this was at about quarter past six in the morning on a night shift, um, got there completely obtunded, GCS3, um, netted jaw, thrust because he was snoring Mm. uh, on his back. Uh, The rest of his observations, he had pinpoint pupils at two millimetres. Blood pressure was 140 systolic. Uh, He was uh, in a sinus brady uh, around 50 Uh and sometimes dropping a little bit lower, but we found out he was on a beta blocker. Uh, Temperature was normal at 36, sugars 7.2, unremarkable. Um, Normally fit, well, went to bed feeling fine. Mm -hmm. Um, No trauma, no illness apparently. Now this is according to... The person who called it in, who identified as the housemate, mm. uh, who was then partner, mm. who was then mm. yeah, like yeah, the, the role naughty, kind of naughty going on here, right? Yeah. So the first the crew actually said there was a <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of leather 
products on the bed that Leather. had to be shifted <laughs> out of the way um, to get in there. So interesting. Couldn't give us any explanation as to why he was completely unconscious other than that the patient was last seen well at approximately 4am. So don't want to be stereotypical, but G. As in GHB. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, denied drug use. There was no drug paraphernalia around. We did yeah. find a couple of cans of butane gas yeah. for a Camp cookie. butane yeah. <laughs> 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 little snacks at six yeah. in the morning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so pretty yeah. much pinpoint pupils. GCS three last seen well at four a.m. Mm-hmm. And what time are you at this patient? Oh, like this is about six thirty. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, two hours later. Uh, Carl, uh, I uh, said my oh, G. Sorry, I didn't. <laughs> Didn't give you the rest, right? Yep. Um, he was sitting around uh, 12. Oh, okay. Fine. Mar- yeah, fine, but maybe Adequate slightly lower. Adequate tidal volume where yeah. we didn't have to yeah. mass ventilate him. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Pinpoint. Is it some kind of cerebral event? Because I know, well, I mean, I've mainly seen it as uh, one pupil, but I've seen one pupil be um, pinpoint and one normal or dilated, and it's been a, I th- I'm going to get this wrong again, but I, um, brainstem stroke. Yeah, yeah so is this, some, is this a well, cerebral that, event? Yeah, well, that was one of the things that we went, I think, in in light of not having any evidence any to info. say that this mm. is actually drug-related because that yep. was another priority when we went, yeah, he's unconscious pinpoint Pinpoint, pupils, yeah. Respirate's low. We think this is, might be narcotic even though yeah. didn't appear this was a very nice unit overlooking yeah. the yeah. harbour. Yeah. yeah. Right. So not, not your average um, oh. user, I'd mm. say. Um, but, yes, we did actually treat that way to start off with. Yeah. We gave him a couple of shots of naloxone, yeah. um, which too. were ineffective. Yeah. Didn't change anything at yeah. all. Yeah. I was just wondering, do you think the beta blocker has something to do with it? Is well, it masking? Does it render someone GCS3? Oh. Well, yeah, there's that. Or is it actually masking, should this patient be tachycardic? Would that give something oh, away? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'd still be stumped as to what the cause was, hey, though. Yeah, I don't tips. think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. No, well, we did actually go through that. It's yeah. a mainstay that you go, I have no idea. We need to go back to basics. Yeah. So, AIOU tips. We which, went through all that. Which one of, the, of them? We couldn't get past the two. The two main ones that came to mind was drug alcohol. overdose. Didn't smell of alcohol. There was mm. no evidence yeah. of alcohol use. Um, yeah, some some type of drug overdose or CVA. Yeah, okay. Um, we did get the answers back eventually. Yeah. Tell us, tell us, tell us. <gasps> I was I was banking on CVA. I really right. was. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was actually a GHB overdose. Oh, Damn it! Got it right at the beginning. <laughs> Damn Thank it! You. Look, guys, this, don't want to be patient, stereotypical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This this uh, uh, this patient was completely dried skin. By the uh, way, there was no nausea, vomiting, seizures. Wow. Um, the respirate wasn't erratic that you sometimes get with GHB overdose. Yeah. It's annoying that they denied um, it. But multiple times as well, mm, like all four silly, of us, silly, silly. you know, really put the hard word on the bystander <laughs> to say, come on, you've yeah. got to give us something and just nothing. Oh, no, 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 no. Well, there you go. None of that. So, yeah. Wow. Interesting. Well, look, guys, uh, I guess to... that wraps us up for the uh, clinical corner. Mm. Um, and and that wraps us up for, for the show today. So um, sticking as per normal, we're going to play out uh, our... Uh, end of the show to Jen's favourite songs today. Um, Jen, what have you got for us? So for my Lights and Sirens driving song this week, we've got Basement Jack's Where's Your Head At? Good choice. Oh, like the Where's Your Head <laughs> You know what? That would not be on my uh, my playlist. But Carl, look, that's why we do this. I think you have different tastes. I think we you do. But work together. Yeah. <laughs> this is Rambling Ambos. Thanks, Jen. Thanks, Ev. Thank you. And uh, we'll see you next time, guys. Cheers. Goodbye. <laughs>